Hello, this is Sylvia again. This episode is about my grandma Alexander's memoirs that she wrote in 1976 when she was 80 years old. She calls it My Life, and it's just a little booklet that was put together by my uncle Johnny to give to her, originally on her 80th birthday, but decided to do it at Christmas and give it to all his brothers and sisters as well. It is such a short little booklet that the entire story is in this episode. Miriam Alexander is my mom's mom. In my dad's memoirs, daddy mentioned when he married Norma Ruth, my mom, that he called her mom his mom since he didn't have a mom anymore. And this is her. This is Miriam Alexander. By the way, during this episode, you'll notice the background music is mandolin music. My grandma had a mandolin and played it and sang gospel-type music. And I have that mandolin. It gave me the inspiration for the background music and introduction music to be mandolin music. So enjoy the music as you imagine my Grandma Alexander and Grandpa Alexander as they played the mandolin in the good old days. Here goes. My Life by Miriam Alexander, December 1976. To my children, Liesel, born November 16, 1914. Tenny, born January 22, 1916. Pauline, born May 23, 1917. Tharner V, born November 29, 1918. J.W., born July 31, 1921. Norma Ruth, born June 13, 1923. Elvie, born June 29, 1925. Johnny, born December 23, 1927. Charlie, born June 26, 1929. O'Neill, born January 19, 1932. Introduction by Johnny. Several of her children had asked Mom to write a brief summary of her life and travels. I started to write it myself with the aid of Aunt Lucy and Emma, and had planned to surprise Mom with it on her 80th birthday. Later, I decided to have Mom write it herself, and surprise all my brothers and sisters with a Christmas present of this booklet. I wish I would have had our dad write of his travels, also. We have all heard him tell tales of his growing up days in Texas. I'm sure he would have had an interesting story to write for us, as well. Anyway, we all love our mother very much and even at 80 she is as young and strong, physically, and mentally, as any of her children. We would all like to be around to celebrate with her on her 100th birthday. I am proud of you, Mom, and I thank you for the wonderful brothers and sisters you and Papa gave me. Love, Johnny. I, Miriam Garner Alexander, was born December 24, 1896. My parents, James Crockett Garner and Emma Evelina Andrews Garner, were married October 20, 1887. Six children were born to them, five girls and one boy, Dolly, Jimmy, Lucy, David, Miriam, and Rebecca. My dad was married before to Belle McCray. Three children were born to them, Emma, Sherman, and Hattie. My dad's first wife passed away and he married my mother. She helped raise his two little girls, Emma and Hattie. Sherman passed away before his mother died. All of us children were born in Paris, Logan County, Arkansas. When I was about four years old, my dad heard about some land in Paris, Texas that was good farmland for cotton. So, in 1901 we went to Texas on a train, all except for Emma. She got married in Arkansas and stayed there. When we were on the train, the conductor came through telling everyone about President McKinley being shot. That was bad news, because I think most everyone liked him. When we got to Texas, my dad left us all in the depot. He went out looking for a place for us all. He came back in a little while and said that he found a house furnished. 
Mr. Notley let us stay there to pick cotton for him. So, we all worked hard that fall, picking cotton. Us little children used a 100-pound flour sack for a cotton sack. We made enough money for my dad to rent the farm from Mr. Notley for a year. My dad bought a farm with a big house on it, with an upstairs. We lived there a year or two. Hattie got married when we lived in Texas. Then he traded that place, furniture, and all, for a furnished place in Russellville, Arkansas. My mother's uncle Joe Daughtery and family lived there. This little farm had a big strawberry patch on it. My dad also rented some farmland in Center Valley, about six miles from Russellville. The man my dad traded places with was named John Bowden. He was the school teacher at Center Valley. He is the first teacher that I remember going to. I guess I was eight years old. He came from Russellville to Center Valley and taught school. We stayed there three or four years. We all worked on the farm, hoeing cotton and picking cotton. The Center Valley Farm is still called the Garner Ranch. Tenny and Audrey took me back to Center Valley in 1965, about 55 years after we moved from there. I saw some of the people I had gone to school with. Well, my dad never stayed in one place very long. He heard there was land to homestead in New Mexico, so he said we are going out west. He sold the Center Valley place to Ozzie Wilson. Mr. Wilson paid for it in gold pieces. My dad didn't put money in banks. He bought and fixed up two covered wagons and teams for the trip. Dad drove one and my brother David drove the other. All six children rode in one wagon and Pappy and Mammy, as we called them, rode in the other. We came through Boonville in Paris, Arkansas to see Mama's brother and family and some of Dad's brothers and sisters and their families. We saw Emma and Sam and their family. After we visited a few days we traveled into Texas. We stopped close to a man's house to water the horses and stayed all night. A man, Mr. Day, had a house vacant in White Flat, Texas with some acres to farm. He rented it to my dad. We stayed there one year. While there, my oldest sister, Dolly, got married. She had written to her boyfriend, Jim Stone, that lived in Paris, Texas, and he came out, and they got married and went back to Paris, Texas. When we got to New Mexico, we stopped at Garrison New Mexico store. We had traveled 1,200 miles in the covered wagons. A man told my dad about a place to homestead in Richland, New Mexico, so he got the place. My dad raised corn, cafe corn, maize, and cane. Papa, Mama, Becca, and me made sorghum syrup out of the cane juice. He sold the syrup for 50 cents per gallon. The house was just a one-room shack, so he built two more rooms and a porch. David, Becca, and me went to school there in a half-dugout called Doyle School. It was while we lived there that all five of us children got married. Harry Covert and Jimmy and Lon Parton and Lucy got married April 5, 1912. A Baptist preacher named Johnny Page married them. The same preacher baptized David and me. In 1915, Harvey Carroll and Rebecca got married. In March 1915, David and Grace got married. In 1913, I quit school and married Walter Alexander. My dad gave me a $20 gold piece for a wedding present. The day Walter and I were to be married, Walter went to Port Talis, New Mexico to get the license. They wouldn't let him have them because I wasn't with him. I was just 17, and my dad had to sign that he was willing. Walter and I went in a buggy with horses hitched to it. It was a cold December 24, 1913. When we got back that night, Mama had a big supper ready and a bunch of people were there. The holiness preacher, David Little, married us. A bunch of people came and shivered us, beating on tin cans and all. Walter and I moved to a one-room shack with 320 acres of land he had homesteaded. He farmed some. It was in that shack that Liesel and Tenny were born. Walter sold half of his 320 acres to Mr. Neville, and we built one new room onto the shack. Pauline was born in the new room. It was dry that year and we didn't make a crop. 
Lon and Lucy, David and Grace, Harvey, and Becca had gone to Hayden, Arizona to work in the copper smelter. So, Walter, Liesel, Tenny, and Pauline, and myself, went out there on a train. This was in the year 1918 when the swine flu was so bad. 500,000 people had died in the United States from this flu. We walked from the depot to Lucy and Lon's house. I guess I took the flu on the train. I was so weak that I couldn't hardly walk. I went to bed at Lucy's. I think all of us had the flu. Walter worked at the smelter, and we rented a two-room house. Garner V. was born while we were in Hayden. We stayed there only about six months and came back home on the train. Walter and Mr. Neville didn't get along very well. Mr. Neville's cows would get out of his pasture and get into our field. In a year or two, Walter bought the land and the two-room house that Mr. Neville had built. He had the two-room house moved to our place. J.W. was born in that house. Walter would take the children, when they were little, to the field with him. He let them sit on his lap on the plow until they went to sleep. Then he would bring them to the house. Walter's dad was staying with us for a while. He was driving the cows in one windy cold day, and he had a heart attack and died. When we bought that house and land back from Mr. Neville, we were so in debt that we were going to lose that place, so Lon Parton gave Walter a team of mules for the place. After he lost that place, we moved to Mr. Alexander's place. There was an $800 mortgage on it. He had let the taxes get behind, and the place was to sell for the debts. Walter got a man to buy the place for what was against it. He told Walter that when he got some money he would sell it back to him for what he gave. After a while the man said that Walter had better hurry up and buy it back. Because if he should die, the place would go to his children and they might not let him buy it back. Walter borrowed the money and bought it back. It was in that house that Norma Ruth, Elvie, Johnny, Charlie, and O'Neill were born. We raised cows, hogs, and chickens. We sold eggs, cream, chickens, and hogs. We raised a garden and fruit. We had eggs, butter, meat, and pinto beans to eat that we had raised. It took so much to feed the horses, cows, hogs, and chickens that sometimes we didn't raise enough feed for them and had to buy feed. The only crop we had to sell to get money to pay debts and buy things we needed was broom corn, and that wasn't enough money. The children would have to stay out of school a lot and work. After they gathered our crop, they would work out for other people to get money to buy clothes and things they needed. We would have to go out in the big cattle pastures and pick up wagon loads of cow chips to cook with and to burn in the heater to keep warm. Liso, Tenny, Pauline, and Garner V. got married while we lived there. Liso got married when O'Neill was one year old. A few years later, Garner V. got married. Walter and I separated. He went to live with his brother a while. I bought some land and had a house built on it in Port Talis, New Mexico. J.W. stayed on the farm a while and married Irene. They lived there a while. Norma Ruth was staying with Pauline in Hot Springs, New Mexico, to help take care of Donald. Elvie, Johnny, Charlie, and O'Neill and myself went to Roswell, New Mexico, to work tying carrots. They gave everyone all the carrots they wanted for free. I didn't know how to cook a carrot. I thought you had to make preserves out of them. That is the way I cooked them, and we didn't like them. We stayed there a few months. Norma Ruth and David came down and got married, so we went back to Port Talis. I worked in the tomato cannery, and Norma Ruth and David stayed with J.W. and Irene a while. Walter and I decided to go back together, and I am glad we did, because we loved each other. Audrey and Tenny took Johnny, Charlie, O'Neill, and me to Bisbee, Arizona, where Jack and Garner V. and David and Norma Ruth lived. That was just before Edward was born. I was going there to be with Norma Ruth. 
Walter came and took the three boys and me to Riverside, California in a car. It was April 1941. My sister Jimmy lived there. Elvie stayed with Norma Ruth a while and then went to Liesel and Clifton's. She met Smitty and they got married. We stayed with Jimmy and Harry and family about two weeks. We bought a place six miles west of Riverside on Jirupa Road. We lived there one year and then bought a place on Tilton Avenue in Ruby Doe, California. While we lived in that house, Johnny, Charlie, and O'Neill got married. I worked in a laundry and in an orange packing factory for a while. Walter worked at a laundry and a turkey ranch and several different things. He worked at Woodcraft Home longer than any place. One day, Tinny said, Mama, why don't you get a driver's license? I took the written test and made 100. That surprised me. I got my license at age 62. Now I drive a little electric car. Walter passed away in 1961, and I have been living alone ever since. I rent houses and get social security to make a living. I raise a garden and chickens. When the children were all at home, it was hard making a living on a dry land farm. We were very poor, but we survived. Their dad and I loved them, and they loved us. And I think we were all as happy as we could be, under the circumstances. As for our children, they were good, nice children. They never gave us much worry, and they never said any smarty words to us. They showed respect for us, and I am proud of them. I am the mother of 10 children, six girls and four boys. All are living except for JW, who passed away in 1958 at the age of 37. My children live in California, Texas, Arizona, and New Mexico. During my life, I can remember that I always wanted to live a life that was right, in the sight of God. I remember, one day, when I was a girl, I was reading the Bible and my mother called me for something, and I didn't go right then. I thought to myself, it is better to obey the Lord than your mother. I kept on reading the Bible. I thought reading the Bible was what the Lord wanted me to do. The next verse or two, I read, Children, obey your parents. I felt like the good Lord was just telling me what to do. I got right up and went to see what my mother wanted. I understood that the Lord does want us to read the Bible, but He also wants us to obey what it says. I'm glad I have always lived a decent life. I always will, as far as that. I'm glad I never did smoke, or drink, or dip snuff, or have any bad habits like that. I am not boasting, but am proud of the fact that with the good Lord's help, I didn't get into any of these. I have made a lot of mistakes and I have faults. I am just trying to quit making mistakes. I am proud that I saw the light on being baptized in Jesus' name on July 27, 1930. I was baptized in Jesus' name of the remission of sins as in Acts 2, 38. When Jesus gave his life, he forgave everyone's sins that would accept and repent and be baptized in his name to remove the old Adamic sin. When we are baptized, there is a circumcision made without hands, cutting off the old Adamic nature, leaving them buried in the water as in Colossians 2, 11. Also 8 through 14, read chapter 3, 9 and the whole third chapter. I wish above all things that all my loved ones would repent and be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins. Just three of us sisters are living, Lucy, Rebecca and myself. We enjoy being with each other. We all make quilts and crochet. We all go to the same church. I hope all my children and family will always love each other and enjoy being together. That was very nice. I noticed 
that there's a lot of similarities here between my daddy's story and Grandma Alexander's story. For instance, traveling on wagon trains, homesteading, as they called it, or sharecropping, as my dad called it, in the same general areas of Arkansas, Texas, and poor, living in little shacks. Also, when my Grandma Alexander and Walter Alexander, her husband, my grandpa, when they got married, they went to Portales like my dad and mom did to get married. And both my mom and my grandma were only 17 and couldn't get married without their parents' approval. Wow. So many similarities. Also the fact that they were in Hayden, Arizona in the copper smelters and daddy worked at the copper mines in Bisbee, Arizona. Wow. Again, another similarity. It's just amazing. And then, of course, they met through relatives that happened to be in the Lubbock area. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed listening to this little bonus episode of my Grandma Alexander, Norma Ruth Pickett's mother, and Daddy Dave Pickett's mother-in-law. Bye-bye.